What's up, ladies and gents? So I've got my man, Sean McKinroy. I hope I pronounced your surname right there, mate. I should be able to get that right by now, because I've known you for like five years. It is Sean McKinroy, yeah? It's, it's McEnroy, to be McEnroy, honest. McEnroy, still it's got it wrong now. Okay, it's been a while. <laughs> it might I offend. Hold that you, mate. Exactly. It's been a while since we, uh, since we touched base, because just for some context for the audience, I moved to Australia five and a half years ago. And Sean, mate, I've got to say as well, I want to shout you out for this. I think about this. I remember these things, yeah? You let me stay with you, right? Obviously, you know, we, we were housemates for a short amount of time there. Uh-huh. You were giving me like bacon and avocado and shit. You know what I mean? When I come off that long flight, you know what I mean? You were looking yeah. after me, mate. You know, you know, <laughs> way, you know, a way to a man's heart, don't you? Let's be honest. Well, I got, a, got a few of the beast, mate. Got a few of the beast. You're looking too, you're looking too lean. You're making me look bad. <laughs> trying to stitch me up, really, would you? Uh, it's here trying to fill you with calories, trying to get a bit, bit of extra body fat on that rig of yours. 100%, 100%. How you been, man, anyway? Because obviously, um, obviously, I lived with you for that amount of time there. Haven't really seen you for a while now since yes. probably like, I haven't seen you since I think probably pre-pandemic now, right? So yeah, how have you been getting been. on, man? And what, what have you been doing over the last kind of few years and stuff, man? Mate, I, um, yeah, it probably has been um, around that pandemic period. Like I haven't stepped foot uh, back in the gym in which we both uh, used to work since March of 2020. Um, and so long story short, today back to that time, COVID was very good to me. I was in a position uh, work-wise where I had outgrown the space uh, in which I was working. You can only grow so much, as you know, uh, as a face-to-face trainer, you're training time for money and the only means to then grow your business um, is to do more hours. And so, you know, that that I'm not driven a lot by money, but I am driven by progress and the feeling of betterment and moving forward. And it just, I sort of hit that ceiling, right? Along comes a global pandemic, and I'm forced to shift my the garage in in which uh, was attached to the apartment I'm living in. So same one in which we're both living in now, mm-hmm. uh, which recently has been renovated. Looks schmick, by the way. Hey, that just um, it's better than the gym we were working at. But you've done a cracking job with that place. It's a proper. Um, what do you call it? The man. The man. What's it called? The ass cave. Uh, the ass cave. Yeah, it's all about the glutes in that place. You can't go in there unless you've got a big back. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> So yeah, so long story short, the um the garage in which uh that I had was basically a storage garage and had to turn that into a training space for myself and my girlfriend at the time. And uh we worked out of there, you know, under the cloak of um darkness, you know, put the door down and uh COVID was still going on and we were training people regularly. The government doesn't need to know about that, but um <laughs> it is what it is. And yeah, that also allowed me to refine and and develop my online presence because just prior to that, I just started finding my feet creating online content. The pandemic hits. I don't longer have a gym or any gym in which to film in, but I did have a garage gym studio type setup. And so that allowed me plenty of time, plenty of access uh, and plenty of uh, additional time to then edit the videos because there was fucking nothing else to do. Uh, And so I listened to and paid attention to what people were paying attention to, the content I had online, helped develop a significant reach over the next year and a half or so, um, and progress my business online and my reach online to the point where it is now, um, being able to leverage that both more recently with seminars, uh, which I've conducted overseas in Canada, the UK, uh, Europe, and then a retreat more recently in Bali in the past sort of you know handful of months. Um, as well as Sydney as well. Both I did a seminar just on the weekend here in Sydney. Um, earlier this year in May was the, the first one of that series. And 
just about to launch my one-to-one online coaching, which uh, is very exciting. And it's been sort of a long time coming because it's I up until a year ago, I launched my uh, my what I call Apex Strength School, which is a generic online program and course where the when I say generic, it's just because it's not it's not uh, individually specific. Whereas my uh, Strength Evolution, which is my one-to-one online coaching, which is individually specific, which is why it's taken more time. But I haven't really dipped my toe into that pool to any degree um, beyond that. So that's very exciting. Uh, I never saw myself as an online trainer, an online coach. I do love working with people face-to-face. Um, there's something to me very viscerally fulfilling about working and seeing someone improve right in front of your eyes. But I'm a I'm a bit more business-oriented now, a bit more long-term and growth-focused. And so in, in order to achieve those those newer updated goals, my my perspective on online training and, uh, has to, had to shift um more focused on where i want to go growth wise as i said i'm not driven by some sort of arbitrary monetary value or, or target it's more progress and so for me the progress of shifting towards a um a business model uh, within my career that is somewhat scary in terms of the unknown but it's very um very exciting that's where awesome. i am at present awesome i think that's a good point as well and good topic as well about the pandemic and the shift and obviously that's exactly what happened to me obviously we were both I was a face-to-face PT as well over at the place mm. we used to work at. And I actually started, I had like a handful of online clients at the time. And then I thought, right, this is an opportunity now to actually shift gears and really focus on that, right? Because it was something I was looking to do for a long time, but it's just a tough one to get right, you know, in terms of mm. actually helping people online to be able to do that in an effective way. You just got to, it takes, like you said, it takes time, right? To actually build something yeah. and get the systems right, the communication and everything else. But it's crazy how much more impact I've had online. Right. Because you know yourself, right? You know how important it is the face-to-face, right? The training element is obviously very important, the mechanics, which we'll touch on soon. But it's the stuff outside of the gym, right? The stuff that over the years has taken us probably, you know, decades to master, right? It's the nutrition, lifestyle, the mindset, the stuff outside of the gym. So, you know, and actually having, holding people more accountable and giving them more structure and I guess more autonomy as well, because ultimately no one ever wants to rely on a coach forever. No one should ever have to rely on a coach forever. You want to make them self-sustaining, right? So yeah, that was, um, that was a massive opportunity for me as well. And, you know, now I'm at the point now where it's, you know, it's going really, really well looking to, you know, potentially take someone else on now as well in terms of a coach and stuff like that. Um, But yeah, it is a tough, it is a tough one to kind of scale up and, you know, make sure you're giving, uh, a top-notch service, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, man, it's like, I think you're going to have an even bigger impact now, you know what I mean? Because of the stuff you can help people with outside of the gym, mm-hmm. obviously the mindset, all the stuff you've learned over the years and all the, you know, because we're basically experts in our field now, you know what I mean? So it's good that now you can have, a, and the reach you've got well, as yes. well with your audience, you know? Well, I think, yes, it definitely are. I think it is, you say, we are, you know, basically are, we definitely are experts in the field. Um, no doubt about that. Um, it is you know, it can, there is a, there's a, always a part of oneself. I think, unless you have your head firmly up your ass, there's always going to be a degree of like, Oh, do I sound like a dickhead by saying that? But because obviously there's a degree of humility that, you know, we both share, you know, but at the same time, you don't want to allow that humility to uh, limit your uh, an accurate representation representation of just how good and experienced you are and the value you can provide for people you work with. Right. Um, 
And it's great to hear that you've had such success and, and further success um, online than face-to-face because it's obviously that it's that refinement and that, that foundation of working with people face-to-face where you're actually working with people uh, and knowing how to work with people that then allows you to then transfer that into an online space and, and, and scale your business appropriately. So that gives me confidence hearing you say that um, moving into my um my next phase, my uh, my training career was more my apprehension to move into it, just because uh, I suppose a comfort thing. You know, you you tend to become um, wary or scared somewhat of the unknown. And mm. uh, whole adage of being scared of the dark, right? Because you yeah. don't know what's there, and it's like essentially the same thing. So I'm like apprehensive to move into an online space, online market, not because I had any apprehension or issue with like technology. It's just the fact that um, it's unfamiliar. I'm very, I'm, I'm basically, basically big fish, little pond uh, in a face-to-face dynamic. And then in the the big, the big wide uh, open expanse that is an online uh, training market, it's like, oh, you brand new in this small fish again. So it's like, oh, but once you get over that and, and understand how that can be, um, open so many possibilities to you which for me a big one is the the ability to travel especially post covid now mm. um and where we travel and i've just come back from a long trip which has been amazing um and nothing has incentivized me more to push my business uh online and allow me the autonomy to work remotely from anywhere uh than the fact that we were restricted for two plus years to do anything basically uh and an opportunity within that time to grow a following then which i then can lean on to one reach and help more people but also use that reach to then facilitate um fulfillment within my own life so i it gives back to my own uh business giving to people then gives back to me Hundred mm, percent, and it's funny because when you peel it all back, right, in terms of what most people listening to this want, and that's to you know improve the way their body looks, level up their health, and just basically feel and perform at their best, right. And when mm. you strip it all back, really, it's quite basic, right? It's like if you consistently eat enough protein and you've got a proper strength training program, you know, and you do that appropriately. Mm. And I say appropriately because it is very important to be doing it correctly, right? And we'll touch on that in terms well, of the intensity and the mechanics and everything else. And then if you're just getting good sleep and you're eating predominantly whole foods, really, it's quite simple, right? So you think on paper, you know, everyone will be in shape and everyone will be walking around with bloody six-pack mm. abs, right? Squatting 250K like Sean, right? But we all know that's not the case, right? It's the behaviors. And it's actually mm. being able to get someone to implement things, right? Yeah. So what would you say? I'm just curious to know what you would say as a coach, like your biggest kind of obstacles or the most common kind of uh, struggles you see people face, when it comes to them getting results with their, you know, with their strength and, and mm. their physique and stuff. Well, to touch on what you sort of, um, you know, spoke about there in terms of like you're saying, it's, you know, it's not, it's it's simple, it's straightforward, but it, how I would describe that sort of dynamic and why people experience issues achieving the results they want is that that distinction between simple and easy, right? Mm. Simple, basically meaning straightforward and not complicated, easy, meaning uh, not difficult or not challenging, okay? Simple and easy are often misunderstood and misrepresented as the same thing, but excuse me, they are certainly not. Like the, the structure in which you just explained, and I totally agree, it is simple, but people will misidentify simple as easy and not appreciate that the process in which is easy is hard to stick to, which can be hard to stick to, because they're looking and needing to address a whole host of lifestyle habits, of nutritional habits, of training habits, and so many things which which accumulate, small things which accumulate into a significant result. And so 
people will look at a, a process and be like, oh, I just got to need to follow this plan and uh, nutritionally and, and training wise and do things this way. It's like, well, you do, um, but it's, as we spoke about mindset and, and, and everything associated outside of the gym, there's so much more to it in order for that, that simplicity to be, uh, to be applied, to be appreciated. Otherwise, shit will fall out the window. So I think self-awareness of the process of that plan is what will help a lot of people adhere to it. Because if people think it's real easy, because it's simple, they misassociate yeah. it. As I'm, glad you, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you mentioned that as well. Yeah, yeah, because when you say simple, it makes it sound easy. But when it comes to the behaviors and behavior change, that it doesn't matter who you are, right, Sean? That shit is difficult. I don't care who you are. And doing things in moderation, for example, right? And yeah. I'd say 99% of people doing moderation is not easy either, right? And anything, no. right? No. Take things to the extreme. So with the behavior change, right? And that's obviously what you're probably going to use your expertise to focus more on now is actually getting people to implement more things on top mm. of your, you know, on top of your um, training stuff, right? So what would you say in terms of the stuff outside of the gym, right? With nutrition and things like that, what would you say you anticipate to go, right, okay, this is going to be, I know it depends on the individual. It's a generalized question. Of course. What do you anticipate in terms of, oh, you know, this is going to be probably the biggest struggle. Is it something nutrition related, lifestyle related, or would you say it's the training element? Because obviously you're not going to be with them in person as yeah, much. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. That will, that training element um, side of things will probably be the biggest adjustment for me. Mm. Um, but in regards to what I expect um, or you know, suspect will be, a consistent issue of plaguing most people, I suppose, um, will be, I don't know if accountability would be the right word, but appreciating that it's on them, right? Mm -hmm. That they, uh, and this ownership. is- Ownership, yeah, yeah. Yeah, ownership, exactly. Ownership for um, their own actions. So a lot of people will, especially when they're um, you know, working with someone like you or I or, or, or anyone, think that if- the, because they're paying us for a particular service that uh, we can somehow miraculously, uh, that's all they have to do. Uh, they basically pay us for the service. And, and, and this is something I've experienced face-to-face. -face, and then sort of, as I've thought about um, what sort of potential roadblocks may I uh, come across within um, the online space, you know, just being a different service mm -hmm. uh, versus face-to-face. -face. And that makes me draw back to when I was sort of early on in my face-to-face -face training career and working with people. And what I experienced was when, when some people weren't getting the results in which I uh, was, it was it, or they were hoping for and I wanted for them, I'm like, well, I'm kind of doing everything that I feel like I can do. And you start to feel bad because you're like, you feel like it's on you, right? Because mm. you're not achieving the results. And then you get to this realization that these motherfuckers aren't putting in their half of the work, right? It's like, I can, I, it's the adage of, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. Mm. I can create the structure, the programming, the accountability, the support, and do everything I possibly can to uh, be there for you and help you make the right decisions. But at the end of the day, uh, that is only half the battle. And the other half is needs to be taken on by the individual in which you're working with. They're the ones who need to implement. They're the ones who need to action the plan in which you put forward. And so I think that will be, uh, a, a, probably the, the most common thing that I will face, which is why within the presentations um, in which I've recording uh, and putting in the, the, the online to, through the one-on-one -on -one online coaching platform in which I'll be delivering is, is heavily based around sort of mindset. So I filmed one just before jumping on the Zoom actually 
which was about mindset and ownership and honesty and self-awareness and, and all those things associated with, um, you know, what will actually, you know, to basically trying to bury into their head so I can be the 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 nagging and annoying voice telling them, mm, is that the right decision to make? Mm, is this, does this really align with your goals? Because at the end of the day, um, that's the best I can do, right? Mm. Because I can't make them, no one else can make a change but yourself, right? Mm, but if as a coach, and I know you would agree with this, the, the best we can do is to try to bury ourselves into your client's heads so they hear our annoying voice when it comes to <laughs> making a decision. I'm sure you've probably heard that before. 100%. Oh, I, I, I hear you telling me X, Y, Z right. when I'm about to do this. It's like, good. It means that what I'm telling you is getting in. And mm. eventually it'll be their own subconscious and they won't even have to hear or think of something. They will just develop the habit. And so they will just say no to this or they'll know within, uh, they'll understand the parameters in which they can work within regarding, uh, you, you know, specific calorie intake or protein, whatever, if we're talking nutrition, uh, that align with their goals. But to start with, it needs to be our ignoring voices, nagging them in their head. Otherwise, um, they're not going to do it. Exactly. That's right. And I like what you said there. And I always say to people that I take on, I'm like, right, there's literally two things I cannot do for you, right? I can't lift the weights and eat the food for you, right? Those two things I cannot do. Everything else is laid out for you, right? Mm. But obviously you've got to do the work. So it's making yeah. that clear to them. And another interesting point you made there, because I, I, I spoke to clients about this yesterday and that was like, it's never, a when is anything in life linear, right? But especially when it comes to health and fitness and getting in shape, right? Some Sometimes people come in and they think it's just going to be this smooth, straight line all the way through. But we all know it's ups and downs. Life mm. gets in the way, for example. Like I have like this 24-hour rule. And I say, look, if something comes up, because it does, right? Sometimes, unfortunately, we get run down and sick. Life gets in the way. Shit happens with work, personal life. If you can't stick to the plan, right, or something's off, just let me know within 24 hours, right? Real simple. Mm -hmm. But when people when people have that, then they're like, right, okay, I'll just let him know this is where I'm at. And they're prepared for it. As you say, self-awareness. They're mm. prepared for shit to get in the way, basically, right? Because that's life. Yeah. Because what we're, what we're, you know, we're, we're not, you know, selling something which is like, you know, a short-term fix. We're selling something which is a lifestyle change and helping people make permanent changes, right? And I want to say that again, right? Because put, making a permanent change that you can actually stick to, right, is a different animal to like following, you know, I'm going to follow this 12-week plan or whatever, and I'm going to follow this diet plan or whatever else, right? Making permanent changes, right, Sean? And being able to stick to that forever, which a lot of people don't like to look at because it's not necessarily sexy, right? Is it, can I, for not example, if I'm going to, not sexy, I'm going to stick to these three sessions a week. You know, sometimes you'll take someone on, right? And it's, you'll get this now online as well. They're like, right, how many sessions can you do a week? Six. You're like, okay, but you, you've, you're not doing any right now. How about we start with two yeah. or three? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. People want to go zero to 100. Mate, mate, I used to cop that and you would have done the same. You would have cop that face to face. And you, you get, um, and that's why, with the onboarding questionnaire in which I've put together for my uh, online uh, clients, uh, I've, I've tried to make it as comprehensive and detailed as possible without being too much that they, they, uh, they sort of get bored and don't fill it out. But it's because it's things like that, understanding where someone is coming from, um, both mentally and um, from a practical experience standpoint, so I can make the best decisions for them moving forward. Because um, again, like you said, if someone isn't adhering to any training at the moment, uh, uh, you know, all the willpower in the world, they might go, yep, six a week, uh, six a day, sorry, uh, six, sorry, six sessions a week, um, you know, with one day off, it isn't going to stick. It was very unlikely to stick, right? If they're not doing any at the moment, doing something every day uh, in terms of going to the gym 
it's probably a bit bit too high on the expectation uh ladder. 100%. 100%. And in terms of the stuff you specialize in now Sean and the seminars you do and stuff, give us a bit of an insight into the the type of stuff or a specific topic that comes to mind that you'll talk about to people uh mm-hmm. to help people. I'm just curious to know if you could share a bit more of that, uh, of that value with the audience. Mm. Well, my seminars are entitled Simplified Strength, right? So for me, what underpins a lot of most people's success in the gym when it comes to developing their strength is obviously the technique in which they're performing. Because although you may want to get stronger and or even even if you have purely aesthetic goals, we want to use strength as a a metric for progress uh, in your hypertrophy program, right? Because although, you know, within a strength program, Load is everything because, you know, that's the focus to get stronger, to lift more weight. But if you're, you know, utilizing a hypertrophy program, the load only matters as in relationship to the previous week and next week and and so on, right? As long as it's progressing, that's where load matters. But the specific load itself doesn't really matter. But in order to be as efficient as possible, so you are progressing, whether that is uh, in a hypertrophy program or a strength-focused program, the quality of your technique matters like nothing else close second to that would be the effort that you're applying right because technique is great but if you're if there is an adequate effort relative to your um the, the effort you're applying so your proximity fatigue your proximity to failure is consistently at failure or within a couple of repetitions for instance uh, you're not going to maximize, optimize the potential adaptation response you can get from any given training session. So my approach, my seminars are based on efficiency of technique, simplifying things down because it, the simplification of anything allows a lot of confidence to be developed. If you have two versions of something, one is more simple and one is more complex, is a lot easier to develop a lot more confidence with they, with what is simple than something that is complex. And when it comes to training, whether it be a technique um, application or a program design, you'll find that people can be a lot more successful with something which is far more simple and appropriately dosed because they can apply themselves better and and try harder. So in technique, as long as technique is sound and the effort they apply is good and the programming direction is appropriate relative to their goals, they'll achieve maximum possible results so the, the the seminars themselves are structured around the most efficient techniques possible i get a lot of it's open to both trainers and uh gen pop uh gym users and depending on where i've been i've got a mix of the two a lot more trainers in, in total which has been interesting it was it's the first time i've done these seminars so it was it was uh just a, a matter of experience and exposure to start with to get a feel for presenting in front of groups um, because it was a, it's a structured day, but it's not scripted. And so the, the day is structured uh, in a way that um, gives good balance to you know a lot of lifts, mobility, squatting, accessories to that, upper body structural balance, deadlifting, accessories to deadlifting, and programming is sort of the, the context of the day. It's eight-hour day. And so within that, I'm covering a lot of information. And so I try to simplify people's approach. So they're looking at exercises in as simple a format as possible, understanding the relationship between accessory exercises and key exercises, why they are, in my opinion, best suited to those um, those lifts, and just the techniques associated and the programs, programming uh, nuances associated around why a particular program will be best suited or a particular programming structure will be best suited towards someone with this goal versus that goal, and, and why... Um, 
why things are what they are. So people are thinking, uh, so whether you are a, a, a trainer and looking to um, better understand in a simplified sense why it is you're doing what you're doing or you're a gen pop user and trying to better understand the process of training in the gym yourself that's sort of the emphasis the the, the target and sort of the, the main takeaways of the seminar yeah i love that and and i think your relationship we always talk about relationship with food right which is obviously important relationship mm. with training is just as important right and how many times you get this where people the way they define we're talking about efforts the way people kind of define a good workout is sometimes by like how much am I sweating or you know oh. I really push myself right yeah. you know that and or, yeah. it really depends on what the stimulus is right so for example like you say if you're doing strength training doing a low rep range that's not what you're going to get you're not going to get a good pump you're not necessarily going to get uh, a sweat on and you've got to have adequate rest in between sets so people yeah. the way they judge is what I'm trying to say a lot of people a good workout is by going in and pushing myself and I can't I couldn't walk the next day in fact, that's normally a bad thing, right? Because obviously, if you're aching for longer than a day or two, you've probably overdone it. So your body's probably going to prioritize that recovery, right, over the adaptation. Mm. So would you agree that that, especially with all the strength stuff you've done, would you agree that sometimes the way people look at training and how they define a good workout could sometimes be an issue? Oh, I totally agree. And that that's something that... Um... And that's why uh, education for me, that's all. That's sort of why I've become the coach that I have and in, in, in try to position myself as an educator the best I can, both to the clients and then to other trainers because I'm essentially talking to two versions of my former self. That being, and that's sort of the, the target market for my seminar, two versions of my former self. One being the gen pop gym user before I was a trainer, uh, wishing that I was the trainer that I wished that I had bumped into early in my uh, uh, training days. And the the young PT who thought he knew a lot more than he did. And so they are the two versions of myself in which I'm um, presenting to. And so I try to be as educational as possible. So in context of what you're referring to there, that is one of the, the earliest, one of the, the earliest points that I, I made make when, when working with people whether it be face to face or with a coach who then i'm hoping instills within their clients just because that that misrepresentation or misunderstanding of what actually gets a result relative to what what, stimu what stimulus will achieve what result so if you want to get stronger and or bigger muscles uh, we need to be doing X, Y, or Z, and thus the experience within the training session and the necessity to recover from that training session will look a certain way. If you want to achieve a different uh, result, then your training will look different associated with your goals. The if training experience in terms of being hot and sweaty and out of breath and all these sort of things will look a certain way. Your experience will be different. And I think that's very important to explain to people uh, early on so they they trust in the process in which you're going to take them through. And um, I think that that to me is a big reason why, uh, sort of side note, but I think it's a big reason why I think a lot of people really need to spend time in the trenches working with people face to face before mm. looking online like you I and agree. I both, I uh, agree. You I say that. Yeah. You and I both have because uh, it's only... Uh, I know you and I, I don't even have to ask, you know, you and I both feel that way and, and, and sort of have experienced that and know that because we've worked with people face-to-face, -face, we know what 
resonates with people and and what people need help with so moving into an online space i don't have any doubt with myself that the online um uh, training will work well for me because i've just got to familiarize myself with the tech with the systems with the process and and then time uh that i need to establish time i need to dedicate on a per day on a daily basis to certain aspects of the business in which i haven't experienced yet right um and i won't know until i get there but the actual coaching side of things will be an absolute piece of piss because I've spent so many years working with so many people going over the same thing so many times. Uh, but unless you have that experience, like what level of coaching are you actually providing? You know mm. what I mean? 100%. Um, How do you know what kind of questions to ask, isn't it? Because you just well, get, it becomes pre-programmed, doesn't it? After all yeah, the people exactly. you, and it's you like, know how what you, questions to ask. How, what sort of relationship? Because I think I would... I don't even, I can imagine that you're the people that you see on the other end of your, you know, computer screen or, or, or on an app you know, that you might use. It's just a name and data yeah. and, and an avatar. You don't actually see or, or, or identify what those numbers um, as a person, because mm -hmm. I can foresee when I get data uh, and information from a person, I'm thinking, uh, I'm immediately going to associate, oh, that reminds me of this client that I had back in the day or, or this person. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, yeah. I've dealt with this type of person before. Yeah, 100%. They're giving me this sort Pattern. of answer. Yeah. yeah, exactly, right? They're giving me this sort of answer. I know, and I don't even think about it, and I'm sure you don't either. It's just innate because mm. you've worked with so many people for so long. Then when you, you're getting into a conversation, you know what type of questions to ask. You know, mm -hmm. if they're saying something, what they mean, maybe it's what they're not saying, which matters. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, so very, very important in order to provide a good online service. And when you don't have that that luxury of working with people um, in person and, and uh, really being able to dive into them face to face. Yeah, yeah, 100%, man, definitely. Um, let's just touch on uh, one or two more things, mate, before we wrap this up. I was going to ask you, because obviously with nutrition, right? Now, for example, you used to call me Veggie Martin, right? Remember the amount of vegetables I used to cook in your house, man? Just constant <laughs> vegetables being cooked. Nothing Remember but, that? mate, nothing but. Exactly. Yeah, you're mate, animal man at the moment, is that right? That's right, man. I eat animal-based now, so I don't even eat, I just eat mainly meat and fruit, you know what I mean? Like, because it was giving me gut issues and stuff like that, and that's not to say for the audience, vegetables are bad, it's just obviously for certain oh. people, certain defense chemicals you find in certain plants, and it was just ruining my gut and my skin. Certain foods, like even, yeah, right. I love, dude, I love potatoes, right? But I don't know where it was the oxalates. Not even potatoes, mate, because the, the nightshade family, lectins and oxalates, like they're like, they can oh, be no. one of the most toxic in terms of, it depends on the person though, right? Now, don't get me wrong, but most course, people eat whole foods. That's the main message. But yeah, for me, and over the last couple of years, mate, it's been game changing for me. But obviously, as you know, you're going to get, and that was Sean's secrets here, is to think like, this guy eats loads of red meat, you know what I'm saying? Then he's squatting 250K. <laughs> he rubbed off on me, mate. And now I'm like, red meat's going to be fine. <laughs> he's on exactly something. yes 100 but with nutrition right in terms of what you learned and the journey you've been on right because you're in incredible shape you know what i mean you perform you know at a high level and you know you eat well so with your journey because what, what stood out to me then is speaking to a previous version of yourself when i'm creating content mm -hmm. a lot of the times i'm speaking to a younger version of martin what did i used to struggle yeah. with and a big one i think, I think yeah go on yeah go, go on. on and i was just gonna say a big one is obviously behaviors with food and obviously lifestyle stuff, right? Maybe drinking too much alcohol, yeah. not getting enough sleep, those kind of things, right? But the yeah. behaviors of food, man, it's a big challenging thing, right? For people to be able to level that up and be able to, again, because it's such deep-rooted, a lot of the uh, relationships, a lot of the habits we have in terms of yeah. certain foods, and especially ultra-processed foods, which I've talked about before, which are just designed to make us eat the fuck out of them, basically, right? So you're fighting a losing yeah. battle if you're eating too much processed food. Yeah, yeah, 100%, man. But yeah, just talk us through. I'm just interested to know your journey and stuff like that. 
and what you've learned about nutrition that you can help other people with, you know? Well, for me, like, um, like any sort of improvement that we want to make, it's about first self-awareness of where you are, where you have been and maybe where you want to go in order to improve upon anything. Right. So, excuse me, when it comes to nutrition, it is a continually challenging battle. And, you know, we talked about, um, you know, uh, ownership before about certain things. And in order to improve upon um, whatever, you know, like you said, if something isn't working for you at the moment, you know, using yourself as an example there, I haven't had that degree of sort of shift like you have, okay? Um, but if you, but also like, side note, I like the fact that although you are, where you are in regards to more of a carnival based diet and you were sort of vegetarian based and it's uh, you're not so close minded uh, mm -hmm. to like, you know, you're, you're quite uh, adamantly telling people, no, this is what works for me. Yeah. Like, Cause uh, there's so many variances, yeah. right. When it comes yeah, to nutrition, and, and especially. It, it, yeah. And, it, and that is what's key, right. Understanding the individual variability of um, what can, is a very wide or, or array. Of, of dietary protocols and ways in which to go about um, our nutrition, right? Um, for me, nutrition hasn't been, you know, a big worry in my life. Um, there's been times in which uh, I'm a very boring eater at the end of the day. So if I um, am, if I'm overeating um, and as I've gained a little bit more, bit more fluff, it, it's it's I know what I'm what I need to do in order to tighten things up and uh and what is that what would you say that is what comes to mind is you just cut out some of the uh the process i know you don't dessert. eat much process i know but you don't eat much processed foods but it's pretty simple it goes back to what i'm saying if i just cut out the dessert you know what i'm saying i'm cutting out thousands of calories over a week right well yeah that's the thing right so it's just about knowing um again self-awareness is key and we talked about before about appreciating um being patient with change and, and trusting the process. And we talk about um, talking to former versions of ourselves. I think that's what makes a good trainer among other qualities is right. Is that what makes us both very passionate about what we do to help other people is that we, we are looking to make the experience of other people in their lives uh, better and more efficient because we weren't able to uh, be that person for ourselves, right? So yeah. there wasn't there wasn't a, you know a Martin or a Sean type person, respectively, in our own lives to at, meet us at a certain point to go, hey, have you thought about doing it this way or sold it to us in a way that was at least digestible and understandable and then applicable? Mm. Uh, whereas we now have the opportunity through personal experience, formal education, and and and, and a pure desire to help people that we can go there's a lot of um you know there's a there's a fire uh lit under our ass to help people not make the same um not mis mistakes necessarily but uh reap the benefits from the experience in which we've gone through both with ourselves personally with other clients and in combination with the formal education in which we've um we've gone through just to ensure like to help other people like the fulfillment that i know you get i get from helping someone is incredibly deep it's very visceral you know the fulfillment you get from helping people so um 
Yeah, no, that makes sense. No, 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 we're here. No, we're here to serve, though, right? That's what all humans, all humans need to do. That right? We need to contribute one way or another. That's what actually gives us that purpose, right? So that's the bottom line, and it's just good from what you were saying. Then keeping things very simple, right? Ultimately, you know, just eating whole foods mainly. I know naturally you eat a lot of protein, mate. You tend to love your meat, right? And you keep it's 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 that, and also appreciating if I do want to make a change, um, it's again being honest, transparent. And uh, being self-aware, being honest, and um, and taking ownership mm. of to me those three things, right? And you go so self-awareness, um, honesty, and 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 taking ownership of of what it is that I'm doing, uh, good, bad, or otherwise. You say nutritionally in this respect, but any change you want to make, you need to be self-aware of what you're doing, being honest with yourself, and then take ownership of it, and then order to make a change. So if I am eating like fat shit, uh, then uh, which I do from time to time. It is what it is. And if you allow that to happen too much, uh, to a too great a degree, too frequently, then you're going to put on a lot more body fat. And then that's something that you then have to deal with. And in order to make a change, like you can't blame anyone else. You can't blame anything else because to me, that's disempowering. And, and then if you're giving that power away because you're making excuses for yourself, you can't make change. Hundred percent. Not to take ownership of it. Yeah, so, and it's playing a victim, really, isn't it? Playing the exactly. victim never 100%. gets never gets exactly. anywhere. And a, a victim can't make change. In order to in order to take uh, to make change, you need to take ownership. As much as that may suck in the moment, but if you take ownership on something and go, yeah, that's very empowering. Yeah, very empowering. Up. Exactly. Well, 100%. you you now hold all the all the keys. You now hold all the cards. You can make the change because you have just you have been the one to go. Oh, okay, I'm the one that's doing this. I'm the one that's doing this. That's very empowering. You mm. can now make all these changes. It just initially sucks psychologically because you're like, oh fuck, it was painful. All yeah, it sucks, me. man. It's painful because you got You got to take. You got to take the hit of oh yeah. shit, I'm doing something wrong. This hurts. I'm I'm basically yeah. fucking up, and then I got to take ownership. But the bottom line is what you're saying is right. It is very simple. Everyone knows what to do. Let's be honest. At ninety nine percent of people, they mm. know what to do to an extent, depending on what level you want to go to. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I, I like that, that, you know, it's very simple in terms of like the logistical side of things, what to do, mm. but it's not easy. It's actually very, very difficult when you're looking to make permanent changes. The application and, is difficult. step yeah. into a new version because ultimately what you're doing with people as well, they're actually stepping into a new version of themselves, right? They're reinventing mm. themselves. So it's more than just training nutrition. It goes way deeper. And on that I note, agree. mindset, my man, what stands out to you? Because I was saying recently in terms of the people I coach, you know, self-compassion is a big one. And I think you touched on that then, right? It's mm. like, you know, almost being too hard on yourself because I coach a lot of the people I coach, not all of them, a lot of them like, you know, really high achievers and high performers. So, you know, we lack self, you, you, you can attest to this as well, right? Lacking self-compassion, being a bit too hard on yourself and beating mm. yourself up. And another one, another big one is perfectionism, right? And you can get like most people, right? All or nothing mentality. When they're not perfect with something, they fall off and hit that big shiny red off button, right? So it's always consistency yeah. over perfection. So there's a few things we've got going on. But when you say mindset, and you mentioned a few things there, self-awareness, ownership, what comes to mind for you in terms of like, right, this is very important when it comes to mindset and making progress in life or health and fitness? To me, it's about being appropriately critical, right? So one, setting the bar of expectation appropriately low, okay, um, and, and not not setting the bar of expectation to a height where we want to achieve. Okay. Something which like we want to, in order to achieve, and this is why I like using um, lifting weights as a means of, as a physical representation of achieving any goal 
in life, right? In order to get stronger, it is a slow drip of a process. It's about improving, making little improvements regularly enough over a long enough period of time in which can accumulate into something significant. The improvement you make day to day or week to week is pretty trivial, but the improvements you can make over several months or years is significant, right? So if we are trying to make an improvement in any aspect of our lives, uh, we need to appreciate the process will be slow and uh, set the bar of expectation appropriately low, making sure, making like, ha have it incentivizing enough that we uh, we are enthused to start to, to do, to take action, to make change, but also appreciate the fact that what we're looking for is sustainability, long-term adherence to the plan to actually allow it to accumulate into something significant. But in order to do so, the, the changes we need to make are going to be small, but accumulative over a long enough period of time. And then we will achieve something uh, of significance. But unfortunately, most people, and you need to be sold as an idea like that to people, because a lot of people, unfortunately, nowadays um, are incredibly impatient. The, um, the the need for instant gratification is very high, especially with the way in which, you know, where where our, our lives are entrenched in social media and the immediate self uh, immediate gratification of, um, you know, whether it be likes on social media or, you know, contacting people, this and that. Everything is so instant nowadays. We have everything immediately when we want it. And there is this uh, lack of appreciation for delayed gratification and anything of significant substance will take time to accumulate, whether that be um, improvements in nutrition and thus body composition, whether that be strength, whether that be financial, whether that be career or, or romantically. It's uh, getting to people's heads and appreciating that the process to achieve anything significant will be slow. But if you trust the process, that cliche of quote unquote, trust the process of allowing and just putting one foot in front of the other, okay? It may be a slow walk to where you're going to, but one foot in front of the other in the right direction, you will eventually get there, but you just need to be patient enough to put enough feet in front of, you know, enough steps in front of one another and you'll get there. Just got to be patient enough. And be patient the and just and just be be aware to, you know, you're going to take a few punches on the way, right? As simple as that. Yeah, look, and the, a few the, the, yeah on that hypothetical walk on that, that destination, you'll need to take a seat every now and then, right? Yeah, yeah for just sure. Take a seat because you get tired. Or you, you lose your direction and you're like, oh, fuck, okay. Oh, no, it's not a right turn there. It's a left. Oh, fuck, okay. Don't worry about it. It's part of the process. You know what I mean? Over, you know, you talk about ebbs and flows previously about, you know, uh, making progress. It's not linear, right? The way in which I describe it to clients is that progress is like the uh, the ups and downs of the stock exchange, right? Uh, the, the stock market will over a long enough period of time always trend upwards but it does so going up and down rapidly over time mm -hmm. and, and but over a long enough period of time you expand out and it, it always trends upwards right and then so progress in any sense is much the same way it's not about and whether we're talking about body composition strength um you know financial situations business whatever the case may be as long as we appreciate that there will be ups and downs. And then for me, when working with clients in any aspect and getting into their heads, it's it's important to represent this information early on. So what I find, if you are presented with information uh, in regards to this situation and you are prepared for the ups and downs, the goods and bads before they happen, rather than just being, you know, 
being not privy to this information. And then when something goes awry and you weren't expecting it, oh my God, the end of the world. And then you try and comfort someone. It sounds like a cop-out. But if you tell someone beforehand, hey, listen, there's going to be times where you're going to fall off and as enthusiastic as you may be now, you won't be, you know, in a month's time, whatever the case may be. If people are prepared for that, then when that does happen, not if, but when that does happen, they immediately, uh, the, the trust that they have for you, because, you know, you're working with them on a continual basis, there's like, I told you what happened. It's fine. It is what it is. It happens to me. It happens to everyone. It's part of the process. What makes you, uh, what's most important is that you take it on, you take the hit and keep moving forward, irrespective of that, uh, that, uh, that flaw that occurred or whatever, the backward Love step that. that happened. Love yeah. that, mate. Love that. Um, mate, that's a solid way to finish, man. Where can the audience Thank find you? you? Just, for the, just for the audience as well, I was just going to say, you know, in terms of what we didn't go into, because it's, it's, it's sometimes hit and miss, right, on a podcast when you start talking about technique and mechanics. Everyone's different. But Sean's videos got to let it literally flow. The, the best online, though, man. Let's be honest. In terms of the videos you put together, if you want to learn about the mechanics and the fundamentals of lifting weights and doing it properly, right, as far as online, because as you say, in person, right, nothing's going to quite compete with that when it comes to, you know, like yeah, the face-to-face. But online, it's as good as it gets, right? So where can they find you, man? Um, on Instagram at Sean, S-E-A-N dot McEnroy, M-C-I-N-R-O-Y. Uh, online, I'm just about to launch my one-to-one online coaching at apexstrengthsociety.com. And yeah, you'll find me on there. Join me if you want to. If you don't, um, go fuck yourself. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, exactly. There you are. You can join him if you want, but if not, you know, go fuck yourself. As simple as that, right? It's like you know, black and white. That's the way to be with people, though, man. You gotta yeah, look. It's like you're gonna you're gonna get stuck into your, you know, to this transformation journey, or you can go fuck yourself. It's simple, right? I think that's a good that, that's a good onboarding video, actually. You should include that in your, in your oh, onboarding. Mate, I might that I'll put I'll make that. I um I haven't done any sales videos for that yet. I might um I'll see how that goes. I'll I'll run that by my um my sales team. I'll see what they say. Awesome, man. Hey, thanks for jumping on, mate. Really appreciate your time. It was uh, so much value in that, man. It was a pleasure catching up, mate. It's good to see you again. You too, man. Cheers, bro. I see you.